button too, by the way, which is that purple button on the right. This guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's dead now. We don't need a metronome. Awesome. Like, All right. You got, you got We're cooking with gas. So just keep your eye <laughs> on it. You know, sometimes it hangs up or whatever. Okay. Um, and then obviously save it. Yeah, and, and that's it. You'll be good. Saving it seems really good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good Yay. Thanks. Yay. Here, wait, say something real quick. This is the one time you're actually going to be on this episode. So say Me? something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wishing you guys good luck and a beautiful conversation. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Love bye. We love you. Bye. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. I am from Friday Night Dance Party extravagant Christmas mornings, and brand new Easter dresses. I am from pictures covering every inch of wall space, Hamburger Helper, and Super Mario Brothers. I am from hair grease and roots, the game of life, and these are the days of our lives. I am from Baptist hymnals, prayer meetings, youth group, water balloons, and fruit basket upset. I am from Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday evenings too. I am from Do You Have McDonald's Money? and Mama Cat and Don't Set Your Cup Down and Pick It Back Up Again. I am from Climbing in Canyons, Bike Rides and Cul-de-Sacs, the San Diego Zoo, and Cry Baby Cry Baby Suck Your Thumb. I am from the smell of cheap beer, cigarettes, and motor oil. I am from Mama's Strength, Aunt Jeannie's Freedom, and Aunt Brenda's Fire. I am from Aunt Carolyn, Grandma Bai, and Fierce Grandma Ada. I am from Nancy's Wisdom, Roxana's Grace, and Morgan's fo- Focused Faithfulness. I am from Ruth, Rahab, Mary and Esther, Eve, and now Lilith, too. I am from Mother Earth, Sister Sky, and Holy Spirit. Okay, are you ready to do this? I, <laughs> I'm gonna try really hard not to just giggle the whole time because I get, uh, <clears throat> I, I get giggly. Yeah. Also, there's wine. There's wine. There's always wine. So if you know. All right. So here's what we do. We do this. We go, hi heathens. <laughs> hi heathens. Hi heathens. We are in Denver. Colorado. We are doing a remote recording of the Heathen Podcast, which <laughs> I don't know if we've done a remote recording of the Heathen Podcast, have we? This is this, this might seems be the, the first. This might be the first. Can we just call it the first? No. Yeah. I mean, it's the first now. <laughs> no one in San Diego is involved in the recording of this particular 
episode of this podcast. <laughs> no, also no animals were harmed. Although it is an iguana sitting next to Karen. no vegetables were harmed. Oh for gosh. reference, <laughs> in the beginning of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we are in Denver, Colorado, for the She Is Called conference, which uh, is a, a badass group of women who are together yes. having conversations, sort of about what it means to for the feminine divine and feminine erotic to return to patriarchal religion. Yeah. That's a really good description. You should write the new description. Because <laughs> I just told people I'm going to a conference and it's really awkward. It's a I mean, of- not the conference is awkward. My response is awkward. Well, we've had a hard time explaining like church conference has a, a whole weight of right stuff coming along. I'm going with to it. a women's conference. Right. Everybody's like, oh, cool. Hey, I have this idea before we go any further. Okay. I feel like we should tell people who you are. <laughs> Karen and her ideas. <laughs> Idea number one. Who Fine. are you? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Thanks. <clears throat> I'll speak for you if that's okay. Yeah, yeah you can. You got it. I might need more um, wine. We are here with, uh, with one of my favorite humans on the planet. Um, it's just generally true. And... Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I'm excited because (laughs) the first time I ever considered podcasting was in conversation with this woman. And so we're here. So in a way, this is a little bit of like the fulfillment of a dream. Yeah! We're doing the thing. We're dancing. And we promise we're not just going to talk about Grey's Anatomy. We might a little. It's going to come up. Right. Okay. Anisa? You know. Tell us, tell us who you are. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is the part of the podcast I've been the most nervous about. Scary. Ugh. Who do I want to be? I'm just kidding. I mean, who am I? You lie. I'm I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to make stuff up. Yeah. No, I won't make stuff up. Okay. So I'm Anissa. That's correct. Um, oh gosh. This is a lot of pressure. It's fine. Do you need more wine before we do introductions? Before I introduce myself? Yeah. No, I, ah, man, it's. It's so interesting to try to feel... I mean, I realize everyone says this. It's hard to introduce yourself. Um, But I am a birth worker. Mm -hmm. And I'm a doula, childbirth educator. And I'm a mom. I have three tiny humans. How old are your three tiny humans? Oh, they're so cute. I mostly just miss them right now, so that's why I can say Mm -hmm. that. But um, they... I have twin boys. They're two. And I have an almost four-year-old daughter who's all spitfire and magic yeah and she's wonderful she sure is she's a pretty great human and yeah and I love like I love people and I'm my new label for myself mm. is ex-evangelical I just like stole it I mean I, like I didn't it. steal it I'm just using it yeah I'm an ex-evangelical I like it what do you like about it uh currently it feels like it's describing it it makes me feel like I'm I'm acknowledging where I came from hmm. and also that I'm moving into like a new space. Yes. And I haven't been able to do that recently. I've just been like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I like, I used to love Jesus. I mean, I kind of still want to, and I don't really know. And there's just all these things that like come with trying to explain. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those moments that I felt like a label really like did it for me. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm an Hi, that's where I'm at. I like it. I'm an ex-vangelical. Plus, it's really fun to say. Yeah, really, it is. It just really is. So, I'm an ex-vangelical. 
and I, yeah, I love people and helping people grow and, um, yeah, that's, that's, I like lip gloss. Uh, <laughs> what kind? Oh, just like pretty neutral. Like it's gotta be like shiny. The kind that like my husband hates cause he's like sticky. Yeah. Sticky. Sticky, sticky lip, lip gloss. gloss. It's just the best. It's the world. <laughs> oh God, it's so okay, great. But like flavored or not? No, not, not flavored. Not like I mean, I, I kind of want. It, oh no, I kind of want it to smell good. Yeah, but not like taste like anything. Right, because it gets weird. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, what is happening? Because have you ever had a strawberry kiwi lip gloss that actually tastes like strawberry kiwi? No, I we're haven't. gonna take on the real issues today. <laughs> These Number are the one, real issues of lip life. gloss. False advertising. Always it doesn't taste like, like what it claims it will taste like. Dr Pepper. Like what is that? Although I like the Dr Pepper one. See, I'm not everybody lie. does. I don't. I'm like, this is not Dr Pepper. I am so guilty uh, of oh, the Dr Pepper it's lip liner. It's fine. Although as a teenager, I. I always was like, but maybe a boy will want to kiss me if I'm wearing this. The Dr. Pepper one? Yeah, because all the kids in my youth group were into Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I heard. So it did not work, though, by the way. That no. is not how that worked no. <clears throat> yeah. in my world of lack of kissing. That so was post-X. So it was yeah. pre-X. So Pre-expansion. Yeah. It was just X-Men. real evangelical. Just evangelical. <laughs> um, so yeah, not a lot of kissing boys in the yard, I imagine. No. No, the the one the one kissing boys in the yard. <laughs> that Here we one, go. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one time I got in real big trouble, so it was fine. Um yeah. story. So uh, yeah, man, you know, you guys talked a little bit about purity culture. I was just right in the middle of it. Mm. And I was there was a kid. <laughs> and uh we just I didn't like him. I thought he was like real kind of annoying, but I also really liked was really boy crazy and so sure. wanted a lot of you know, boy attention, duh. And uh <laughs> obviously. Um and we we're on our way to Glorietta, New Mexico for shout out ba- to Glorietta, New Mexico. Yeah, Baptist <laughs> Youth Discipleship Camp. And I can't woo for that. Yeah, don't woo for it. It's nothing. fine. And uh, it's really pretty there. Anyway, so we're on our way there, all the things. And I'm like, this kid writes me like a letter and he says he wants to like go out with me because literally because we sat next to each other for like seven hours in the bu- on the bus or the van or whatever. So all of this fast forward to... He spends time courting and so now... <laughs> Yes, all our recording happened in the back. He was willing to in a van in the last row. Yeah, in the last row where like my youth pastor has now. Oh, I got like a I'm sitting too close to him note. Youth pastor straight up passed. Who I love, he's great, wonderful man. He was great to us, Uh, but also passed me a note from the driver all the way up in the front of the van. Passed it all the way back and was like, (laughs) and I opened the note and he says, it says. I can see you scoot over. How old are you? I'm like 14. Oh my God, were you mortified? I was so mortified. That would have like, been like traumatic cool. for me. I, and mind you, I would like to point out. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get a damn note. How come I got the... F- okay, so there's a lot there. Yeah, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, like... We don't have to talk about it. We could just... Like, yeah. Lo- that, yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, we can't. So either. that is the part. So anyway, so then... Oh, he just like kept wanting to kiss me, and I was like real grossed out. Yeah, and like he just kind of was like, 
this is a podcast because you can't see the visual of which is too bad because we're both theater majors and we're like super everything is very Matthew's gonna want to edit probably microphones will fly yeah it was real gross and legit was like this is so disgusting like I can't even like why and I remember having like a I don't have to kiss you to show you that I like you mm. conversation, which really just translated into, oh my God, I don't like you. Why am I saying I'm going out with you? This right. is so confusing. Um, but let's, we went to a... <laughs> let's be friends. Let's be friends. Not friends. But, but I was... Um, I now know that as a nine on the Enneagram, oh, I don't yeah. like conflict. So instead of just saying, I don't like you, I'm going to break up with you. I just let him move. You just waited. He was just going to move. And so I was like, well, he's moving. Like, right when we get back from this trip. So you can avoid having any sort of conflict. Oh, yeah. So we go to his goodbye party, and he, like, wants to, like, gross, like, kiss me. And I'm like. Sounds like like turkeys. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. So just think of turkeys, guys. And it was was like that. It was just real bad. And I just remember being like, this is, like, terrible. Yeah. But somebody saw it happen, a, le- uh, a youth leader. Uh-oh. And I got in trouble again. Like, And legit. you didn't get in trouble? No! Fuck that. Right? Like, got like a straight up, we just really expect more from you. <gasps> like, conversation. And I was just like, I'm sorry. Was he not there? Like, what? We just really think that you should be more respectful. And there, and I was like, you caused him to stumble. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> well. Anyway, he oh moved. God. And turns out that was like the best thing ever. Because I was like, <laughs> although uh, maybe like a year later, I had a friend go, I mean, you never really broke up with him. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> my life. I had a. <laughs> so I had a. a boyfriend uh air quotes right air quotes that you can't see because podcast (laughs) um in gosh like fifth grade sixth grade we were 10 and 11 (laughs) 11, 11, 11. um until eighth grade this kid that was at my church um and like he was my boyfriend and that like our friend forced us to hold hands oh, one right. time. Yeah, sure. And um, <laughs> he made me a friendship bracelet. Oh, yeah, it was really cute. You're in love. Um, and then I didn't see him for like two years because we went off to high school and like different places. And then I went to a party at his house at some point. And he was like, hey, by the way, we never broke up. We're still, no. we're still dating. <laughs> And he was like, I'm sorry. I just don't think it's working out. And I was like, you think? (laughs) (laughs) Have you not been dating people this whole time? Generally, like the base level of communication is uh, sort of expected. Or like some sort of promise that, you know, I'll wait for you to return from high school. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So so that experience then put me on in the uh, never kissing anybody again until oh. I got, until I met my husband <gasps> at like 29. I did not know this. Yes. Holy yes. wow. Right? Wow. You were kissing celibate for years and years. Yeah. yeah. Was it like a shame based thing? Was it because <sighs> of like. So it was like half, like if that's what kissing is for the love of all that's pure and holy, I don't want to do Gross. that again. Right. That's disgusting. Yeah, for sure. Not doing it. These bad kisses are 
bad. Bad. Real bad. Really bad. Nobody wants that. So there was that. And then, I mean, like, not too long later, there we, like, jumped into True Love Waits. I was signing all the things. And then, you like, kissed, all kissing I... kissing goodbye. I kissed kissing and dating and all the things goodbye. Bye, Jesus. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't real, like, I'm going to date Jesus. I just was, like, also, I'm going to... Kiss dating it back. Right. I didn't really know what my plan was. Dating Jesus is weird. Yeah, dating Jesus felt, it always felt weird. I was it's, like, well. That's, you know why? Because it's weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. See? Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't, it wasn't really, never claimed to date Jesus, just decided it's going to kiss dating by. And, but for me, that really just meant, cool, I'm going to get married. I'm going to marry my best friend. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it meant so, in my head anyway. So then it was just like, oh, I'm, well, if I'm, it was always the slippery slope. I mean, if you start yeah. kissing, right? What else are you gonna sex do immediately? Duh! Right. Like you just kiss and then Hopping you have a sex. Skip. Basically, <laughs> just happens. Yeah. Right. Especially when you're awkward teenagers, <laughs> yeah. it's really easy because so everything easy. just slips together. That's <gasps> um, amazing. Right. So uh, yeah. So I was pretty like, no, I'm good. And then I just got a lot of like, it's so sacred and like, you want to like, I don't know. So I just had all these messages about the sacredness of kissing, and so. You want to save that because you want to give a whole part of you. Yeah, to a lot of that. So here's my question. How do you feel about that? Like, do you have, <laughs> like, how does, looking back on that period of your life, like, what do you? So it's funny because I then went into like a, you know, I'm in my like twenties in college ministry and like, there's a lot of this, I kind of reached a point where like my saving myself for marriage was kind of like a like a pride thing at this point you know like at some point i'm like okay well i waited this long for the love you know but like then also kissing always felt like so i don't know intimate maybe and so then i just kind of like felt like well i'm not gonna like i don't want to also i don't know i just never really wanted to be like making out with somebody that that to me felt precious and sacred because I had waited so long. And so I then, then I just kind of was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to. And so, um, and, and things like, uh, so there was a point, point where it kind of shifted into like less of this is wrong and this is like shit. I mean, I don't know that I probably would have told you that I still thought about it kind of like that. But by the time I'm like in my late twenties and like over a lot of things, I'm just like, listen, not giving it up at the first, like, drop of a hat. Like, I right. waited too long for this. This feels... You've come this far. I, yeah. I just, I'm like, eh. Or not come not. this far. Right. Um, You're welcome. But then, like, but it's... <laughs> but I'm... Psh. Yes. So... You're all afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Until Saturday. Um, so I feel like part of me looks back and says, like, damn it. Why didn't I, like... Get some good makeout sessions and not <laughs> my amazing, wonderful, perfect husband is going to listen to this and be like, wait, what? Not but, because you wanted it to be someone else. Yes. Benjamin. Yeah, exactly. Only you. But also there's just a, there is a weird like lack of like I look back and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I like I didn't do things. But then I also know myself. And one of the things I know about myself is how, like, by assimilation into, and my nineness, I I probably would have just, like, made out with everybody. Right, it would have. And I just would have, like, 
I think I would have spiraled. There would have been a point where there I was just like, yeah. You needed like a really hard, clear boundary to keep yes. you from nining yourself into what everybody else wanted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think, so I look back at some of that with like, hmm, that feels like grace. Huh. <laughs> like, and I like that word because I like Brennan Manon using it, uses it. And that makes me feel like it's not like a weird churchy word. It just feels like my life could be a total train wreck if I had like not had some really hard lines Yeah, because I just would have gone on along. I didn't have the self-awareness to not go along with like whatever everybody else was doing. Huh. Yeah. And so it kind of kept me from some disasters. And so I'm thankful for it in some ways, but huh. at the same time, I'm like, huh. That's weird. You know, I get some resentment about the fact that like, I didn't, there are a lot of things I wish I would have done when I didn't have the risk mm. awareness of my mm. adult brain, you know? Right. Cause right. like young brains are a lot more just reckless in general <laughs> right, right? and, um, don't have the really like physically, right. Don't <laughs> yeah. have the ability to think things through with the same capacity as adults. And right. there are a lot of things that I'm like, I really, <laughs> It would have been better to do this when I was like young and foolish, right. as opposed to like very aware of my own. <laughs> I do. If I do this, that oh, could be a train wreck. So aware of everything now. <laughs> it's just uh, a, consciousness. It's, just, it's a lot being evolved, you know. I know. Like, it's, it's really so much. Okay, so <laughs> we just dove in here, which is yeah. not unexpected, and I love it. But I want to go back to like why we know each other. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's fun. So my first, I don't know if you know this, my first memory of you, um, is we did that open mic night, uh, the Sojo slam <laughs> thing. Um, and my first real, like I'd sort of met you cause you and my ex-husband Noel were doing, you guys were all in some sort of a, Oh, we were in small group together. Small group. Yes. Right. Which Something is, like yeah. that. We were um, in Enneagram small group. Yeah. So I didn't know any of you all and Noel <laughs> did. Um, but my first memory of you is looking over from, um, I was standing in the back, I was getting ready to read a piece and Fable was sitting on your lap, uh, <laughs> at that open mic night. And like, I, I don't know how she wound up on your lap. I don't know if she just like chose you. Um, but I remember looking over and I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> all right. Great. <laughs> She's like, well, let's lovely. Um, but we were relatively new to the community at that point, And we were in this weird place and we were, you know, contemplating separating. That was when that was all starting. Yeah. So there's something just like really, I remember you feeling very much like home to me Aww. immediately. And that's, and we're going like to cry. I was great. Cry. Oh God, now we're going to cry. Um, but that, that really like when I, when I, tell people who you are to me. Like oh. you were the first person that felt like a home connection to me in San Diego. Oh. And part of that I think was just in that moment of just like you holding my baby. Like oh. that was the first thing. Yeah. I was like, Oh, <sighs> great. Oh, and she's a baby wearer. <laughs> I am a baby wearer. We'll be fine. <laughs> Let's talk about oh. that. It'll be great. So yeah. So we met at yeah, Sojo in we San did. Diego. Oh, we met at Sojo and yeah. it was great. I yeah. mean, it is great. And since oh. then I've taken over your life a little bit <laughs> in the best way ever. Well, I stepped into my space. My first, my, the solidifying for me of our relationship in so many ways was when I thought I lost my daughter. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I almost forgot about that, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so okay, whenever we are, you know, like new to our house, only have been at our house for, I don't know, weeks. And I'm like, 
you guys should come over for lunch. Right. Which and is the first time we'd hung out, really. Yeah. Like, yes. That was it. Very first, first time. time. Yeah. Hanging out outside of community sojo things at all. And really even with that. And uh, I don't know what. we Were we in, even an hour in? <laughs> I don't Not know. Really. We're just hanging out. And then we think we can't find my daughter. Yeah. My sweet, at the time, two-year-old. She was still two, wasn't she? Yeah. She so. wasn't. She, oh gosh, yeah, she was, she was a three. So she was about she, like, to turn never three. Seemed two because she's so tall. Yeah, she was a, not even three yet, and she had just learned to play hide and seek. It mm-hmm. turns out, and, and she's gone, and she's just gone, and we couldn't find her anywhere. And we were new to the neighborhood, and we just—I mean, frantic. And I'm calling nine one one, and I'm just panic, just straight up panic, <laughs> <laughs> thinking that like. I mean, I remember, I remember literally just thinking, oh my God, how did this happen? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to cry apparently. Like, just that feeling of like, what am I going to tell my mom? I remember, I remember those thoughts. And you, and I'm watching you go all, we just met and I'm watching you go all of these places (laughs) in your mind because I'm a mother. Like, I understand this, this thing. And she's just nowhere to be found. I can't, can't even like. I can't breathe. I just, I'm like calling 911, trying to describe what she's wearing, trying to all the things, weird, just yelling her name. And then after 15 minutes, which is the longest that was time. the longest time ever. Because uh, I remember thinking, I can't wait to call 911 because this is a long time, yeah. also. Like, that's not three minutes. That's right, not right. Five <laughs> minutes. Like, it was a long time. Yeah. And just thinking, well, I can't wait to call 911 because she's two. And if someone has her, right, we need to get her. I need her now, you know? Jesus. And just like, yeah. So, yeah. So, just calling and then that, and then, I mean, pretty far into the conversation, because I was on the phone with them for a while. Like, that finally being them fi- having found her in a space that she has a never been in. And also that I looked, she was in the closet. She, she was, was in a closet, her bedroom closet. Yeah. And cause I remember Jordan screaming. Like yeah. I remember him yelling, got her, I've got her, I've got her. Oh God. And Shit. just like, yeah. <laughs> so, so now if you want to make friends, <laughs> <laughs> do that. Be on the phone crying with your new friend, awkwardly like patting you. <laughs> Because she doesn't know yet if it you're a perfect touch perfect. person. So she's like, hey, I'm just yeah, going to stand here just... and pat oh, you. God, it was the okay. scariest thing. Oh, that was a day. Yeah. And, and then, then we had to have an awkward rest of the party. Where yeah, like, trying to you. like, I guess we could still hang out for a while. I don't know. <laughs> like, cool. Oh. Do you want to go home? Like, I don't know. What do you want to do? I just want to go to bed. Nisa needs to sleep immediately. Well, right. It's like, like that adrenaline, like yeah. an immediate crash. Total crash. So. Yeah. It's like, let's be social with new friends. Right. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, guys. I don't really know you. And also, yeah, hi, did you just see me at the worst moment ever? That was a cool. lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. I did not lose my daughter. Thankfully, she's still being all spitfire and magic and she's about to turn four and she's an excellent hide and seek oh and now and now yes actually now she's a terrible hide and seek player because we have now thank god taught we have taught her to say we say we say her name we say if we're saying if we're calling you and saying frankie where are you she says here i am here i am and it's wonderful and also no one ever wants to play hide and seek with her now so that's good. It's good. All's well that ends well. 
That's so strange. Well, and our lives are weird in that, like, I now live in that house where this whole thing happened. Yeah. It's all been very circular and strange, but. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So. That's how we know each other. That's how we know each other. Since then, I feel like we've been just together all the time, and it's great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Um, Hmm. So you grew up in San Diego. I did. I am a little San Diego native kid. Oh, where are the things? Where are those candy things? <gasps> In my purse. Get them. We oh, need candy. that. We need that. We need more wine. We need. Okay, hold on. We're gonna get oh. into this in a second. Oh, please. Okay. So, what I'm holding in my hand? <laughs> yes. Describe it. Is oh, this oh. thing called tamarindo, and um, which I've not had. Yeah, Karen's never had. This. Unusual. But this is, you get them in the liquor store. So only you, like exclusively. I, I literally don't know where else you would get this. Seems weird. In the look, well, now in San Diego, liquor stores are also just kind of convenience stores, right? Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> looks like you might inject it. You don't. You don't inject it. So on the label it says, I don't know something Rico. Pelon, pelon, pelo. Rico. Rico. Tamarindo. Tamarindo. So if you don't know what tamarindo is, it's like a plant. And you can actually just, there's plant, the tamarindo plant is all over San Diego. You can like find it and technically you could just eat it. I don't necessarily know that I recommend you doing that, but if you go to Old Town, you can find some. Live a little. Live a little. So uh, I grew up going into the liquor store. Yeah. Because you can do that there. And, uh as a kid and just buying this and they also have um they have lucas and and uh there's like that the salt thing that i showed you it's just like kind of salt and yeah lime okay like what you would put around a margarita but in just a tiny packet and you put it in your hand and go that sounds and lick it that sounds great yeah sorry i made that weird sound guys i I deeply apologize that That was was way less weird than the turkey sound So, um, anyway, so this is a cool thing. And you just, like, pop it open. Okay. And then you push it up, like a push-up. And it kind of looks funny. It kind of looks like it's growing hair. It's like a funny toy. Yeah, it's funny. You push it up. And then you lick it. (laughs) You push it up and then you lick it. Oh, God, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Every time. Yep. It's and then gonna stop. you enjoy the fact that it's wonderfully. It is wonderful. Right? It's just it's like, like not too sweet. Yeah. Kind of sweet. A little like sourish. I'm going to put some like chili powder on it or. Um, so they have some. Cayenne pepper. Mm-hmm. They have some that's like a little more like you can get this like in a sucker. Hmm. With, form, the, with the, the chili, chili on stuff. it. Yeah. And, but this is like my childhood yeah. right here. Like, okay. So the, good. Yeah. What a transition. <laughs> So you grew up in San Diego. I did. And yeah, I grew up in San Diego. Born and raised. Like my parents are moved there before I was born. And yeah, I'm just like bitten there. And I'm, I'm probably, I feel pretty like, <laughs> typical is probably not a good word, but like I feel very San Diegan. Like I grew up going to the beach for, <laughs> you enjoying that? Yeah, it's fun. I like making it grow here. <laughs> Um, you can't. That's what she said. Though. Yeah, no, no okay, yeah. I'm just gonna let it go. Yep. <laughs> I uh, I grew up going to the beach. Grew up like, you know, just kind of doing outside things, Bowel Park and the zoo and all that. It's like part of my just like 
childhood, yeah. like normal. What do you do? Of course, you just go to the beach because it's Friday night. That's what. Yeah, maybe not with the wine. Interesting pairing. <laughs> I would just like to point out, I did not drink wine as a child, so I did not know. <laughs> I don't know about the pairings of Tamarindo. Uh, probably. Um, yeah. So grew up going to like church with my parents. What kind of a church? Baptist, straight up, just mm. good old Baptist church. Nice. And I loved it. Yeah. Uh, what did you love about it? I was like, I loved all the people. I loved all the candy that I got from memorizing Bible verses. Like, just, I mean, we also got pogs. The people and the candy and the, the people, pogs. The people, the candy, and the pogs. Oh God, I remember going to the mall, like, when like, the, the pog trade was happening at the <laughs> mall. And I'd be like, I'm going to pretend. I didn't ever play the actual game. I just like collecting. You just wanted things. the things. Yeah. Well, I was a big collector. I had a lot of Christian pogs. Oh, <laughs> with the Jesus on them. Crosses. Bible verses, crosses, I mean, mostly, but like watercolory kind of. Well, psychedelic-y like, looking. Yes, psychedelic-y like crosses that. Yeah, and right, then, like the Grateful Dead. Or with like John three and sixteen written on them. Uh, yeah, looks like it should be one of those moving paintings. Yeah, like yeah, yep. Yeah. A lot of pogs, a lot of candy, a lot of stickers and Bible verses. I was in. Um, GAs, what? Girls in Action. Was oh. GAs, that's what it's called. There's GAs and RAs. It's like the Christian version of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Uh, <laughs> but I think like pre Awanas, I don't, or maybe oh. Awanas existed, but just we didn't do Awanas. That's not what we were did. Doing, yeah. And Girls it was all missions oriented. Nice. So you learned about missionaries and you made like food from the countries and wrote letters and like had pen pals and yeah start them early yeah right yeah <laughs> so yeah so it was just like that's what we did i was in like salty plays all the christmas plays did you ever watch colby the computer did you ever see the colby okay so no, this but... is a weird thing with southern california okay it's like i grew up with salty and colby the computer Oh, I oh. know. And they were we friends. didn't have computers. Like they were part of the same thing, oh. like the same people. So like there was crossover where Colby and Salty were together. Oh my gosh! But like everyone is know like, I know that. all about Salty the songbook. Yeah, I've never heard of this Colby guy. <laughs> Weird. Which that... means there's a video I'm gonna make you watch later. <gasps> yes, and all it's right. gonna be great. I'm ready for we'll it. We'll also link it somewhere at some point, so yes. you yeah. at home can enjoy it. <laughs> So yeah, so Salty, uh, McGee and Me. Yes! I had the, the one with the biggest storm. crush on the kid in McGee and Me. Oh. I totally I, did. I mean, I probably did. That was, he was very He's much about. like short floppy hair. Like yeah. a short kid with floppy hair was He's totally like my childhood type. Christian Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like, and I also was right. very into Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So As I was am, I. Oh, man, we would just been such good yeah. friends. I met Jonathan Taylor Thomas. What? He's as short as he seems. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I went to see a filming of Home Improvement for my 13th birthday. And my mother embarrassed the crap out of me by, you know, getting JTT to come over and sign my paper. Oh, I'm kind of jealous. I I was the worst. I didn't say anything. I just stood there blushing and like being mortified. Well, I've gotten better. I'll just tell you my like meeting famous people stories. It's weird. I'm a weird person when it comes to meeting famous people. I'm not very like... I don't treat them like famous people. I'm that way now. So I don't, I could not possibly care less now. I'm yeah. like, hey, nice to meet you. Let's I'm make like, jokes. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I watched McGee and me. Oh man. Which I find funny now. There is the episode about the storms and now I live in Oklahoma. Mm. 
And now I'm like, huh, the storms and it breaks the window and it's like a whole thing. Yeah. But anyway. But it's very So what you're saying is you really relate now to the episode. I now relate to that episode. You're like, now, now I get it. Dang it. I understand Uh, McGee and me in a way. Oh, I really have no idea who's who's going with anything before You watched all these things in your childhood. You grew up Baptist. You watched McGee and me. Grew up Baptist. uh, Was totally into it. Like, into church. Yeah. Like, is whatever. You seem like you'd be good at church. Yeah. I was really good at church. It was so fun. And we had a lot of people at our church. Uh, my parents have, are, I mean, currently are still there, but they, I mean, it's just been, you know, they were like, it was great. Yeah. Um, then when I was, uh, in like junior high, I was like kind of trying to do the whole, well, at school, I'm going to cuss. And then at home, I'm going to be like, you know, I was like, whatever. Yeah. Then I accidentally cussed at home. You started to divide yourself into two lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Because that seemed like the thing to do. Right. Uh, also, I accidentally cussed at home. Now, mm-hmm. that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. For my mama. What happened? <laughs> what did she do? I got in trouble. Yeah. She was not pleased. <laughs> she was not Mom pleased. Mom says, Nope. <laughs> No, 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 no. What did you say? Yeah. That's what I recall. Yeah. I said damn once, and I didn't get to watch Punky Brewster. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I think I said damn it because there was something wrong with the Punky Brewster. Well, I mean, you know, it's just like context, people. Why is it going to be a problem? I mean, looking back, I feel like it was an appropriate response. (laughs) Oh, you mean your response to Punky Brewster or your parents' response? I was frustrated (laughs) because Punky Brewster wasn't working, so I said damn it. I mean, it makes sense. Exactly. So, uh, but then I was, I was, after that, I was just more, a little more careful, but I also was kind of like, whatever. And I, I didn't go, my church did not have a youth group. Really? Really? Well, at the time it was just kind of like, there was a lot of old, it was just not the demographic of children that were there. We weren't quite to the youth groupy. Right. Like that age, makes sense. I think you there didn't was, have enough teenagers to really justify. Yeah. There was a lot of like, it, I mean, there was something, but it wasn't really like. Yeah, so my so we moved. Mm-hmm. So we had um, when I was in the fifth grade, I moved to the uh, you know how San Diego is like kind of like suburbs. Lots of there's like being in the city, and then there's like so I lived in we moved to Mary Mason. Okay, I no longer went to church with the people that I went to school with. Interesting. Was, so you could be two completely yes. different people. So mm-hmm. it was like totally different. So that made like a so then like school was weird. It was just all these things. Like I was. I moved in like fifth grade, but so then like junior high that time, it was just like, oh, this is interesting. Like I can, like I can hang out with these people and then I see these people and it's, they don't know my life. Um, except for Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, and (laughs) five out of the seven nights. It's fine. Um, but then I like, um, one summer I babysat and it was like the most boring summer of my life. I babysat like a six month old baby in like mm. the mom's office because she was still nursing the baby. Oh, geez. And so I was just bored to tears. And so yeah. I had been invited to a youth group nearby um, by a friend. And I had, uh, I love to read. So one of the things that about me is I'm a bibliophile. <laughs> Which is just a fun word. Uh, I just, I'm an obsessed. evangelical bibliophile. Yes, yes, yes. I love, 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 obsessed. I'm obsessed with reading. So uh, the youth pastor that summer um, at this other church, I'd gone to like one or two like event things. And Mm. 
he had this vast library and I was like, <gasps> I'm bored to tears. Can I read all the books? Like yeah. I just went and he was like, yeah. So he gave me all these books to read and I just literally devoured reading these books. Do you uh, remember what they were? Um, I still have a couple of them because I stole them. I mean, not like stole them. Like just I didn't mean, sorry. I never brought them sorry, back. Sorry, you've passed uh, I just never brought them back and then also was then involved in, I mean, like I still know him. Like I could technically give them back to him. Right. So you just still have them. But I still, still have them. Right. One of them was about witnessing. <laughs> a crime? And it's called, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I feel the need to speak for the normal people. Normal Thanks. people don't know Thanks. what we're talking about. So this book was called I Hate Witnessing, and it was all about telling people about your faith. A rational person wrote this book. <laughs> no, they did it. It's just what they called it. And anyway, so I read that book. Um, but there's another book in in the and then there was like a book. There was a book about Abraham. There's a book about Old Testament people. I don't know. There's a few, there's a lot of books that summer. Um, and then there was a book about prayer. And it kind of changed my life. Really? <laughs> yeah. So kind of weird, right? Yeah, I'm for uh, it. So I, it was just, and literally this is like my kind of first, I'm at that point in like life as far as being like a, I, this is summer after my freshman year of high school. So um, I'm kind of at this weird point where I like, I do the church thing, but I just like don't really care. It doesn't mean much because at this point now I'm like, I'm real interested in boys and I'm right. like trying to do all like I can go go to one church. I don't go to the, you know, like there's just my life is real fragmented right. and whatever. And but I read this book and it was all about like talking to God and how prayer was just like this comp, like talking to God. And it was like it was really simple and it was. And here's the deal. I really like to talk and I come from a really big family where people don't necessarily listen. Hmm. And so this concept that like, there is this like God who literally would just listen to me talk. Yeah. Was like, I'm in. I like that. Right. You just will listen to anything. I huh. like, yeah. and, and it just like, was kind of like all of a sudden I just could start saying all the things that were in my head and in my, and like, and I, I think, like, there was, like, a mention of, like, writing things down. And so I was, mm. like, I could, like, write letters. And mm -hmm. it's, like, it's cool. So I just started journaling, in essence. But, like, saying all these things. And in my head, for sure, like, saying all these things to someone. Yeah, you were journaling to, to someone. To someone, yeah. So, like, someone that cares about the thing. Another that I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. And so it was really interesting. So that was kind of my, like, that happened. And then that same summer, someone offered to pay for me to go to Glorietta. To go okay. to discipleship camp. <laughs> in which we decided. Just, oh, it was like, and oh. it was whatevs. I mean, and and there's so many things about that summer and experience that I I take and is so good. Like, yeah, sure. uh, there was a girl <laughs> on the trip who I thought was kind of stuck up mm. and real like quiet and just like, she thinks she's better than everybody else. Right. And I asked my youth pastor to not put me in her room, <laughs> to which his response was, okay, I'm going to actually, I'm going to right. put you now, in her room. Of course you will be in her of room. Of course. And she, her, her take on me was, she's kind of loud mouthed and obnoxious. Huh. And she's one of my best friends to Aww. this day. And I love her deeply. And she's just like amazing human. And I 
love her, love her, love her. And thanks, you've passed her. Right? You know, like, I mean, and we literally, like, every year, it's like we talk about that. Like, that yeah. that's a thing that, like, you know, when you're 14 and 13, you're just like, don't know who's going to be your best friend right. forever. But right. You don't know anyway, much of anything, really. Yeah, he turns out. Nothing. But, like, so anyway, so that that came out of that trip. And then the other thing that kind of came out of that trip was I had a, like, weird mystical experience. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it was, like, I don't remember anything else from the week of mm-hmm. whatever we did. I don't remember anything anybody said. Don't know who the guy was that talked. <laughs> but I had a moment. They're all the same. Yeah, they're really just, just a lot. And who cares, right? Right. I'm sure they were telling me that I was... But I'm um, never mind. I, I don't know. Modestly, don't cause Dress, people to stumble. Stop causing people to stumble. It's Everyone your responsibility. For crying out loud. Right. Can't I have no idea. But I had a moment that was beyond things that were happening in the room. And it was just like, really felt like God talked to me. Huh. Did you and hear something or just feel? Yeah. I really. I, I love this. Totally no, this is one of the things I'm so curious about. So yeah. let's hear it. So. Up until this point, I know a lot of things about God and Jesus, and I can tell you all the stories, and I can tell you all the things. But I had this moment, um, and where I remember just feeling like I heard this voice hmm. that was like, "I want your whole life," and that was the sentence: "Was I want your whole life?" Hmm. And I just remember being like, "This is weird." Like. What is that? And now, mind you, I'm Baptist. Nobody talks about shit like this. Right. Like, this is right. not like a Holy Spirit, come talk to me kind of a church. This no. is like. We pretend the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't really exist. Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Except in that socks. Is it. We like it in socks. Well, at her, that point, her. Not we like the, her in socks, but mm, we would not say that in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Church. Nobody would not say that then. They would right. not say her. That would, None of that would have happened. Right. <laughs> and, and we're, and this is real Baptist church camp situation. And, uh, and I just remember being like, well, actually, what I said was, okay. And I and I said out loud, okay. And, like, there for me felt like this shift in, like, I had up until that point really, like, str- like wanted to, really cared about what people thought about me, really cared, like, just had this. And I had this sense of I don't need anyone else's approval anymore. Mm. And that shifted for me, and I really felt loved. Wow. And so... Like, that was, like... That's great. Yeah. And so when I talk about, like, it's... I, I now talk about it in, as a mystical experience probably more than anything. But yeah. then for a long time, I said, like, I met Jesus when I was 14. Like, so... And it's weird because in all of my deconstruction in the last several years, I have, like... There's, I don't know what to do. Like, there's never been anything I yeah. could do with that because it shifted everything for me. Right. Like, from caring about wanting approval from like wanting approval from my family from needing things from like to just feeling like i am okay i'm an okay Mm. human like yeah okay you know like and and that um it kind of but from that there was also like then i kind of also it was weird because nobody else around me was talking about God talking to them. Right. So I was just like, I, it was like from that moment, I kind of like stepped out of Baptist life, but I was still like very much in it. But now How I'm... How old were you at this point? 14. 14. Okay, you're still yeah, 14. Yeah, so I'm, I'm 14. So then I go right. back to school and like, I, 
you know, for my sophomore year of high school. And it's just kind of like, everyone has this, what got into you kind of thing? Because now I like, I care about people a little bit more. Like I see people, I'm starting to like, like all of those love things start to grow in my life. And I'm like, yeah. And that like, so from there, there was a lot of like, you got to read your Bible and you got to do these and you, all the things you got to do and all the things you're not supposed to do. And I kind of embraced all of those too. But Mm -hmm. the whole time, like, I was still like, I still felt like an outsider because I have just read this book where I can talk to God and now I've had this weird experience where God talks to me. And so it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks anymore. You have this, it's yours. Yeah. And like, I just have this thing. And so I filtered everything through that for most of my life. Like, Hmm. I don't know that I care what you think because this is what I think God says, which is also a weird thing because I also know how dangerous that is for has it can been. be yeah yeah how it can be and like there is always this like lens of like I don't know like is that loving like mm-hmm. I don't, this is like Jesus seems like he's loving and like seeing the Bible through those things it was just so it's really it was really interesting to kind of just be in I mean I was like deep in Baptist culture I went to Baptist college after so much high school like just all the things but always through it kind of that weird like I think I think I I attribute some of this now to my nineness then I was like that's fine that you see it that way yeah and I don't necessarily see it that way but I also don't necessarily bring it up because whatever I'll just quietly I will just quietly so people are like oh well this is how you think then they think I that it. I think that way it's like it's the like, voice of God is really like the voice of your eight wing just yes. showing up and was like I am present in you 14 year old Anissa <laughs> right you listen up wait a minute Here's the thing and yeah and it's been I mean so I did all kinds of crazy shit yeah. because I felt I mean I mean and not like crazy, like, I don't know. I don't really know what, I don't have an example of what it would be. But I did things like. You didn't steal a car no, and enjoy riding. No, and I didn't like murder anybody. I didn't like. And, yeah. yeah, I didn't do mean things because I always filtered things through like, is this a loving thing to do? But right. I did some weird shit. Like, uh, in, uh, <laughs> I was in college. Uh, with a theater, studying theater, whatever. I got a theater degree. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was on scholarship. Nice. Right? Well, well done. yeah, that would have been nice, except for that. Then I felt like God told me to quit theater. Not nice. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Burdensome. <laughs> and I had this moment, I, and I really felt like I was supposed to just kind of like not do a semester of theater things. And I was like, yeah, but how am I going to pay for this? Like, this is not going to work, so you know? you were studying theater at a Baptist college? Yeah, Baptist University. How does that work? Like, how does it work for, like, did you do shows? And how did they choose what shows to do? Like, you're not doing Avenue Q at a Baptist uh, college. Are you we are? Did, no, no, no. We did not. We, well, fast forward, grad school. Uh, I, we did a musical um, review. So we got uh, to like throw some Avenue Keys. We didn't have any keys on. What did you put in? Uh, uh, I wish I could go back to college. Mm. Because, yeah, that was just great. But we also did a couple songs from Wicked. We also did. You did Define Gravity and you did For Good. No. No, you didn't. We did uh, What Is This Feeling? Really? And uh, 
Oh God, I just like blanked on the name of it. The one that you think we wouldn't have done. <sighs> the one. The Kiss real... me too fiercely, too Yeah. As long as you're mine. As long as you're mine. Kiss me too. I mean, that's a, which almost got cut. Holy and yeah, we were like, that's a sex song. Yes, it's very much a sex song. Sex by the And I don't know how we got it put in there still, but it got passed. <laughs> wow. Um, and. Yeah, but it was like a, anyway, yeah, we did that, and then uh, we did a few, anyway, I was, we No one Greece. cares about this except for you and me, I but know. we're going to keep oh, talking yeah. about it. I know, it's like wonderful. I really so, care. So one of the things, this is an interesting, I was thinking about this when I was thinking mm-hmm. about us both being the, theater, people, people with theater degrees. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was, so I did um, theater in high school. Right. And then went to... Cal, can I say it? Is that weird that I was like, oh. I went to California Baptist University. Cool. Yeah, you can shout um, out. I was like, whatever. What's Cal? I'm shouting Cal out. Bap- CBU. CBU. Yeah. CBU. 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 Okay, CBU. 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 What? CBU. CBU. No, no. You say CBU. CBU. I'm bad at this. Yeah. So I went there, and it's funny because. You know, going and I, I they had a they had a uh, ministry team that was doing like chapel ministry and mm. drama ministry things, and so I spent my most of my freshman year honestly oh, like traveling like, around. Did you do, like street skits? Um, no, we d- we went to churches. We did like a play. Okay. It's actually called uh, People Like Us, and it was all about how like the people in the Bible are people like us. It wasn't like the worst play in the world actually, oh, yeah. but just like kind of bringing some humanity to the people in the Bible and that kind of thing. Yeah, it was cool. So I, and so I got to play lots of different parts and it was really cool. Um, but then like, so I did that, wanted to do, I did chapel ministry. So I got to write a lot of skits for like, based on what sermon or whatever was going to be in chapel and right. rewrite a lot of skits. Cause I was like, Hey, these are cheesy as hell. And I don't want to oh. do this. Like this is terrible. And this is a terrible message. So I loved writing skits for oh, churches. Like it yeah. was so, we should write some skits. Let's write some skits. We should write some oh. progressive Christian skits. That would be it's so wonderful. Be fantastic. I love it. Meanwhile, continue. So did, did that. Um, but it was weird because then we did shows like the music man. Or what? He said what? <laughs> uh, and we Mama, did. A man with a suitcase followed me home. <laughs> can you do it? Can you no, do it? I can can't. You do it? Oh, so, sad. so here's the thing. This is a weird. This is. I'm going to say all the things out loud that I don't ever say out loud. So hopefully, bring people bring it on. As a black woman in theater yeah. on a mostly white campus, it was real without. Hmm, I think there was a lack of imagination sometimes and there was just you picked shows were picked that like I was just not going to be cast right in any sort of any sort of role if that was anything more than like maybe extra number two you know kind of person the Um, music man is maybe the whitest musical that's ever been written I was not in that show I actually just I did a good on that one and and just like um, I was in a, I, I totally just blanked on the Shakespeare play that I was in. Oh, come back to me. Anyway, which actually was one of my, it was one of my funner experiences. Yeah. Um, I got to play a man, which was really also fun. It was just a whole weird little thing, but, yeah. um, 
Sorry. Right. Yeah. So um, it was it was just really weird, and I always felt that like, and mm. it was hard to feel like, oh man, I I'm really good at this. Yeah. Like, why am I? Like, it's one thing as a freshman to just do your time in costumes. Yeah. Sure. But then at some point, you're like, really? You know, like, right. I am good at this. Yeah. I am just as good as this as person who's been in every lead role and like and I didn't expect that musically like whenever we did musicals like if you did a spring musical I am not a I I I'm okay you know like sure yeah I'm whatever. fine to not get leads right. in musicals whatever but there are other I'm like but I'm like I'm really good at this thing yeah. and I'm not getting the same, the same blonde hair gets all the things, mm. and it's hard, you know, like because you kind of, because what do you say, right? And like, I mean, we, you know, like we talked earlier about like, what do you say in these conversations about right. like, I'm sorry that I feel like you're not choosing me for roles, but it's like, well, it doesn't also doesn't fit in the way that you cast your show, you know, and the, or the setting that you put your show in, or when a show is set in the 1940s, which for the record. In a college setting especially, fuck that. Like, fuck yeah. that up and down. Because. Yeah. Right? Who <laughs> cares if it fits in the 1940s? We're not in the fucking 1940s. This is a college campus. Right. Yeah. So, like, so it was hard. It made it, it also made it not, like, a thing I wanted to, I, it kind of made my love of the thing wane in oh. some ways because I'm like well like this isn't ever gonna happen for me like right. I wished it made me wish that I went to like Long Beach State or right. somewhere where like I don't know they're casting black people to do stuff yeah <laughs> you know right and so there was a little bit of that I mean and I kind of for me at this point in college I'm like whatever I'm I'm invested in the people and I'm invested in a lot of other things and so I just kind of with theater I kind of I kind of stuck to like, fine, I'll do, I'll stage manage, I'll direct this, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I started doing things like I got to direct 15 minute Hamlet and like, absolutely loved, you know, I like, I like bossing people around. Yeah. So directing, it's great, you know, and so I just kind of, I got to do some kids theater directing and do like some, so I just moved my outlet into like other spaces, but I, man, I just, I wish I'd been on stage more. Yeah. And like, I don't know that I could have changed it or there was anything to say at the time, but like. I wish I'd done community theater. I was, I was, but I, by then I'm busy and I'm busy right. in leadership and I'm busy. Well, I'm like, why the fuck is it your job to take on? Like, that's not. Right. Okay, great. Can you fix it? Can you fix it, please? Because gosh, we're all really attached to like making sure it's really accurate. And, um, you know, yeah. And meanwhile, it's... I'm over here in the whitest version of the whiz that has ever been cast. Oh my God. Oh as God. a pearl in <laughs> The whitest version yes. of the wisp, which is like, <laughs> I don't know where to start. You know, there's there's already a there's already a, already a white version of the wisp. It's called the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, you think? Also, like, there's, also. there is nothing that I can contribute to that role. Like, I have. <laughs> nothing to bring to this at all i'm like mm, let me sing this song possibly the worst version of it that's ever been done let me make this so irish it's gonna be 
great, guys. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It, um, we need an Irish version of the Wiz. It's we fine. do. Yeah. Like, oh. Where's that been? It's like leprechauns instead of munchkins. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There's a lot of, yep. We have little voices. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so the yeah. visions of so my theater career was uh, short lived, to say the least, because I just didn't give very much stage time. Unless it was, I mean, I did all the chapel drama stuff. Like I said, you know, it's like fine. And people always are like, "Oh, you did so good." I'm like, "Yeah, well, you're not going to see me any shows anytime soon." And then I just did other things. But yeah, you know, like even even you know, doing we did our integration and contemplation on the stage. You know, for this, for she is called, and yeah, all I want, I just every inch of my body just like wants to be in the light. Like, Let's start a theater group. Oh, so Let's fun. do that, right? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's take all the 1940s musicals and just cast <laughs> them however the fuck we want to cast. Right. And be like, well, guess what? I could be whoever I want. Turns out it doesn't actually matter. Oh God! Turns out it's theater, and that's the point, right? Yeah, no, it's imaginary. <laughs> you <can> just, <laughs> so yeah, so um, uh, yeah, <laughs> we should do it. But yeah, I mean, like it is. It's going to be geographically challenging. Yes, but that's fine. We fine. can work We've it out. Done harder things. Um, but yeah, like just being on stage, like that's a it's a it's a safe place for me. It's home. I, I love it. Mm. Love every bit of it. But. I love that. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and on top of that, I also, like, so in, like, high school, I did stuff in, I didn't have the same problem in high school, like, as far as cast. I had a great theater director. I just, I just also was, like, busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. Right. doing So, things. doing, doing whatever. And, and I did a lot of church things and, oh, well, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what was that? We did, we did a Revelation House. A what now? Revelation House. Why are you choking? I don't know I'm what this so is. Because <laughs> I know. So we did Revelation House, and I had like, and uh, uh, it's um, the Book of Revelation made I'm into familiar. a haunted house. Oh, <gasps> it's like a living nativity, but for but Halloween. For Halloween. <gasps> and I was so good at, it and I loved it, and it was like one of my favorite. Like I. Okay, have we talked about my haunted house thing? Because that's like no. a bucket list for me. I want to be a haunted house person. Like what? I want to. Yeah. So you should go much. to the one in Babel Park. Is there one in Babel Park? There's one in Babel so Park. there's one in Portland where like it's a haunted cemetery and you get to be the actual people that are buried and you go stand on the grave of the actual person who's buried oh, and you like act weird. up the part of that ghost and do the whole thing. And I was like, mm, I'm going to do it. And then they stopped doing it. And it was all weird. Tangent. <laughs> Tell me more about the Revelation oh, House. Oh man, I feel like we're all like, all over the map here, but yeah, it's here we fine. go. We'll so, come back eventually. Yeah, it's like we. I mean, we first of all built it from the ground up in our church parking lot. Amazing. And uh, yeah, and it was it was a lot of work. And then we had we. I mean, I did it probably four years in a row. And um, all, we started this in like end of August, like building it, putting on things. There was a like, abyss. This is my favorite like, thing that I've ever heard. And so, so like one year, um, it was like you walk in to. So there's tour guides every year. There was a tour guide, which I typically was a tour guide because I'm like I was really good at it. So yeah, I did a couple other scenes a few times, but mostly. So like the first, you would walk in and it was like there was like a a television and or and it, it was like you're watching a television, but it was like a person pretending to be like the 
like newscaster or the president and it was like the new world order and they mm. would talk about they would like talk about we're gonna start a new world order and blah 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 and they tell all these like things like kind of from like left behind you know whatever right like, right and then you'd be like the tour guide be like follow me in the next room it's like do you want to take the mark Yes or no. And like people are like having to, in this moment decide if they want to take the mark of the beast, which we have now, we have made stamps that say 666 and we're hand or forehead. And like, and this is all like, think did you give people the mark? We the- gave people the oh mark. Oh my God. I mean, because some people said yes. Oh, oh sorry. No. That just feed me. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. Goodbye. 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 Okay. Goodbye. Oh no. Okay, it may have missed what we. (laughs) No, no, I think it was fine. And I killed the microphones because I was. You gave okay. We gave people the mark. So, but now think. Where was Kirk Cameron on this? Right, I know. So think about that feeling of going into a haunted house. You don't really know what's going to happen, and so the first thing you hear, you just kind of get in there, and it's like this kind of docile speech about the new world order, and then you have a teenager shoving you into a new, the next room and getting you all crammed in and the next thing you know you got somebody else going do you want to take the mark do you want to take the mark do you want to take the mark and they have to decide right then and there do they want to take the mark of the beast wow and so and if they then you go hand or forehead and like what was the percentage stamping. do you think of people who accepted the mark of the beast versus people who did not oh gosh i wish i oh that, i mean you can ballpark i'm not gonna yeah fact i mean check you. there was a you get a lot of teenage boys i'm gonna take the mark Give me the mark. Of the Give beast. me the mark. Give it to me on my forehead. I'll wear with pride. Yeah. So I mean, I would say, I would say, sixty percent of people were like, "I'm not taking the mark." Because it's you a know, haunted house. Because it's a haunted house. Right. Yeah. I mean, people are kind of like, and you get a lot of Christian people. We had groups traveling to see this to come to this thing by like. Your I'm team. ready to forego the like, social justice theater idea and do this instead. <laughs> just do this instead. Like, this is so then, good. so then, mind you, now we are walking down. It's all dark. It's all this like weird hallways right because haunted house you know and so now you have this you are leading this group of people who have taken the mark of the beast and in the next room there i'm like explaining this in so much detail the next room it's the it's greatest dark. thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> keep going it is dark and you kind of know as the tour guide where to stand to kind of get people grouped up together and then a light comes on and it's a you well no you hear a blood curdling scream and a guillotine that we made a working, I mean, obviously we made a working guillotine like that. You hear, you hear, yes, you just hear this thing. And then a head in a basket starts talking and saying, don't take the mark. Don't take the mark. Shout out to Janelle. I hope she listens to this podcast. I'm going to like have to, and you head in the basket. Don't take the mark. Don't take the mark. And people are just Freaked the fuck out because they're like, "What do we do now?" Out <laughs> of oh, their heads. Like, yeah, I mean, and there's a there's a guy. There's a there's been a person that's standing there. That's but the but the head is in the basket. We have built this thing so that there's a body on the guillotine, right. but the the actual person like, is underneath the guillotine, yeah. and we've cut a hole in a basket. So all it looks like is a head in a basket. <laughs> this is a level of. I just didn't know. I didn't know. It was, and mind you, I need this, is this in my mostly life. kids who are theater kids, yeah. but church theater kids. Oh my god, who have put this thing together and we did it. Evangelical kid me is like, <laughs> you would have loved. I it. would have. This would have been like why I lived. Yeah, yeah. So then the next, 
the next so then now, now people are like ah, ah, they're they're like freaking out trying to get down this hallway like come on i'm telling them, like keep it moving keep it moving and you go into the scene of all these people who have taken the marks air quotes sure and they are trying to kill themselves trying to pull out their guts but they can't die because there's some stuff oh in the bible God. about how you I don't, I don't know any verses someone can look them up and fact Fact yeah, check if somebody me. can do this, that would, that be, would great. be great. But there's some verses in the Bible about like that sound as though you won't be able to like if Off you've taken yourself, the mark, you won't be able to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. So these people are all trying in different ways and can't. This just got weird. Now it's weird. Because well, now we're haunted housing, right? I mean, but like pulling out your guts, yeah, trying to like and like going, don't take the mark, like zombie style, like and just saying, don't take the mark in like black light. You know, I have so many conflicting emotions right now. <laughs> Until you get down to the next thing, and it's like, uh, then it's like, um, there, there's, there's a person we call them Mr. Crispy, because he talks about the sun getting like seven times hotter or whatever. And so there's a person named Mr. Crispy, <laughs> and it's, we've made a body again of a person. And then this, my friend, I, I've got to show you pictures. I will find pictures, and you yes. can, yeah. And 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 she, my my friend Melissa actually played Mr. Crispy, and she's got like she's got her head in this thing, but like it looks like a, she's like a sunbathing at the beach, but like a crisp burned to a crisp, and she's just like talking about the sun getting really hot, and uh, yeah, it's like, well, I think before, I think there's a part in there at some point where it's like the people that do do take the mark. Oh well, I guess that was the person that's like the guillotine like they're telling anyway whatever we did some different things different years but uh yeah and then there's like a graveyard scene where you walk out which was a playground but we like turned it into a graveyard yeah. and then like a, someone right but it's a, the dead in christ shall rise again someone flies out of a grave <laughs> the best thing ever right and then you gotta go around and then there's the abyss <laughs> and now you're talking about like there's like we have a CD of moaning and gnashing of teeth and it's, we've built an abyss and it's a dark room that only has one exit and you have to just, it's, you can't see here, like the front of your, you can't see your hand in right. front of your face and people have to, they have get to funneled it. and you have to find the exit. Is the exit Jesus? No. <laughs> the exit is just the door, but you got to find it. Which is one Jesus year. Jesus the door? Yeah. Jesus is the door. Great. So one, yeah, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Can you go with me, please? Can I with and, and, yes. Um, so, yeah. So then you go out, you find your exit. One year, we, so mind you, people now, three, several years later, when we kind of change things up a little bit here and there, but like, we're like, oh, well, everyone's going to know where the exit is. How do we make this different? So one year, we had a sliding exit. Like, sometimes there was just no exit for a few minutes. And then someone would just open it up and then they were, oh, but I mean, can you imagine if you're like in a dark, pitch dark room and you're looking for the exit and now you can't find it. You've been in there for a long time. And then all of a sudden it is there. We had another year where we made the exit cardboard maze that you had to crawl through. It's really bad, probably, but on people's knees, but because <laughs> we're in a parking lot. And, uh, and it always kind of ended with like some sort of like car accident scene of like kids going to a party, like drinking and like. Oh, what are right. you going to choose? Some sort of after school special. Yeah. Like, yeah. Message. And it kind of always ended in that kind of situation. We did do one year uh, where there was like a throne room of God and like 
are you in heaven or are you in hell? Which door do you want to choose? You put all the like scary like cherubim and seraphim with their multiple <laughs> eyes and wings. And uh, no, we just had a really big throat. Yeah, like, that wasn't really. Yeah, that, that would have been too far. Gosh, come lot. on, Karen. Um, yeah. I am equal parts. Delighted and horrified. Yeah. Like I am so well, conflicted. And I think that the part of it that I mean, I have good memories of like this because it's awesome. Because it was wonderful and amazing, right? Especially for a theater kid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a but then at the end of it, you're also like everyone's going in a room, and it's like, do you want to accept Jesus as your savior? Hell yes, I do. Right. It's also <laughs> like a massive fear. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's kind crap. of so it's kind of an interesting like. It's Halloween, so of course it's all like we're trying to do the fun, scary thing. Right. But also, I was like, I feel like it would have been a whole lot better if we just left it at what it was yeah. instead of like now come in here and make a decision about Jesus. But yeah, it's a lot, it's a lack Baptist church life. Hi, heathens! It's your friendly wayward heathen co-host here, Matthew Blake, and I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Karen and I are thrilled and honored that there are so many folks out there spending a couple hours with us each week, and all of the recent feedback, emails, and Instagram comments have confirmed our suspicions that spiritual conversations for the godless are a thing lots of us need. When the episode ends, though, you might find yourself with further questions, something to add, or you might just want to talk with someone else who's privy to the same conversation. And since Instagram comments aren't always the most effective way to chat, we went ahead and did it we made a secret Facebook group where heathen listeners can connect with each other in a safe space. The Heathen Huddle is a private, unsearchable group, and everything you say in the huddle stays in the huddle. If you'd like to be added, we need the email address associated with your Facebook account, which you can send in a private message to Heathen Podcast on Facebook, or in an email to askheathen at gmail.com. We'd love to welcome you to the huddle and continue the conversation after this episode ends. I'm going to, I'm going to pivot here really sharply. Let's do it. Okay. okay. Are you, well, and let me know. We don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but can we revisit tokenism? Yeah. And the church. Sure. Because I feel like that is a really important conversation mm-hmm. and a nuanced conversation. Um, and I kind of just want to rehash a little bit of what we were talking about in the car. I'm down. If that works for you. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about, um, let's see. I mean, it's interesting because I, <laughs> ask me a question. We can always edit. Uh, uh, so we can take any of this out. But... No, no, no. Yeah. I'm just more like, give me a place to start. Tell me, obviously well, this... talk to me a little bit more about what you were saying earlier about the experience of being black in the church mm-hmm. and their desire to have you be visible oh, yeah. as black in the church but not bring your blackness to the, the church. church. Right. Yeah. So, uh, that is an, it's an interesting space to have lived in and really for so long. And it's, in, it's, there's part of me that's excited that conversations are happening where this is a conversation that we're sure. having yeah. versus just it being my life experience, Planting you know, the same potatoes. Over and over. Yeah. So, um, I feel really like, it was, it was, it's hard. It's really hard. So I, I don't think I, I didn't notice this. This wasn't, I take, I'm going to rewind for one second. Okay. This was not my full experience 
as a high school kid in the church. Hmm. I don't think I knew any, I didn't think I, I didn't think about it any differently. And, and I didn't feel, I actually, oddly enough, as a Baptist kid, Baptist black woman mm-hmm. in youth group felt loved, appreciated, celebrated for all my leadership gifts. My youth pastor hmm. for was absolutely phenomenal and championing every gift I had, which is why I went to college thinking I could lead hmm. because there was not, there was, he gave me every space as a girl to do. I mean, we did like devotions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did like what, I mean, I led, I led everything from games to devotions to like wh- whatever we were doing. Like I had full participation in it as yeah. a high school student. So it didn't cross my mind that I would go to college and that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. And that I would be that, that tokenism would become a thing because I, for all of the like, Things that were, again, like all the things that people say sometimes like, well, you're not really black or you're not that black or you're not that, you know, like none of that, like high school just like wasn't the space that it really, I I cared or bothered, like things like that didn't really matter because I had, I had, I had had power if, you know, if you want to call it that, which also kind of led to things like we expect more from you and all Mm -hmm. that stuff as a girl and blah, blah, blah. But there was an essence of like, I was given all of the leadership that I could have wanted as a high school student in youth ministry. Right. So then I went to college and, uh, there's lots of that, you know, there was just like, I had more weird experience in theater and I had more like, Hey, you're black. Can you be in our pictures? Right. You know, like all the school photos like for the brochures. Oh yeah. And shit. Oh yeah. 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 Like on a banner, yeah. full on on a banner. And there was like a few, you know, there was a few of us that they asked most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like there are just some of those things that I'm like, and I think in college, I kind of, like I, and I said earlier, I laughed them off. I kind of like, cause what do you say right. when someone says like, I mean, but you're not really black, <laughs> you know, like, okay, <laughs> you, <laughs> Well, um, actually, uh, you know, and like, you know, I've, I'm like, like loving the thing that like, I mean, Brown says you can't tell a black girl how to black girl. Yeah. Like I was just as black girl magic then as I am now. I just wouldn't, couldn't have told you that because I was just constantly being told how not black I was. Also, I had like all the crushes on white guys, but also I grew up around a lot of white guys. So yeah. then it was like, oh, well, you like white guys. So I'm like, well, whatever. Like what? Like, okay, cool. You know, and people that I like just love deeply, you know, like that there's, this is the conversation that like, that's how the conversation goes and it's always flippant and, um, you can get into it, I guess, or you can just laugh it off. And when you're a nine on the Enneagram and you don't like conflict, Mm -hmm. you just roll on, you know, and you kind of ha ha ha, let's talk about something else. So then... And like, so then, uh, you know, in Baptist world, I know I'm not going to be a pastor because that's not sure. a thing that's happening. Um, cause you're also a woman. Cause I'm also a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, but then like, uh, so I kind of try to go other routes because, you know, I don't really want to be like a pastor's wife <laughs> right? like, or whatever. Um, 
but then I, and 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 I think I want to be a missionary because I I see women that are missionaries and they can do the thing. And at this point, I'm like, at some point, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be single forever. So there's that too. So I'm like, that's fine. Um, and missions seemed like an easier place to like, I don't know, to be a woman and to be black. Like they're you know like I'm gonna go to a different country and like whatever. Right. Um, and then like. Uh, got into like psychology stuff, did wind up adding a major, did behavioral science, like found my like passion and love of like helping people grow. But I also can't be a pastor. So now what do I do? How do I help people walk their faith journeys? How do I like whatever that looks like? I don't know. So (laughs) I go to grad school and I quit grad school because I meet some amazing people who are doing college ministry. Mm -hmm. And I pick up all the things and then there's one of those weird voice of God things. And I just kind of felt like, I think I'm supposed to move to Norman, Oklahoma. This is a thing to do. Yeah. And so I do it. You know, I'm like, I literally in two weeks, I, which by the way is a weird, that's a weird thing. (laughs) Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, and nobody like that. I'm less, I'm hearing less audible voices. Sure. Have more. Can can you just let me have my audible voice whispering Norman, Oklahoma? (laughs) And now I would tell you, those are probably just my weird, my intuition thing, you know. Yeah. But I think that's a different podcast. We we need an hour I on know, that alone. Right? Yeah. So I'm feeling like okay, like because because it's still at this point at like twenty, almost twenty one, almost twenty two. I still am not like I don't let other people have the the last word necessarily on my on what I feel like God is saying to me. Like mm. I still am pretty like yeah, but I. I can talk to God. 14-year-old you is still in the conversation. My eight wing is strong. I love it. And so so I move, and I'm like, I don't know where I just moved to, but uh, it's Norman, Oklahoma. (laughs) It's real real white. (laughs) I almost did the Oklahoma thing, and I didn't do it again. You didn't do it. I'm so, I don't know if I'm proud of you or not. I'm trying really. I mean, don't. Hint at giving me permission to do that because it's going to get out of hand so quickly. So, okay, all right, don't do it, don't do it. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, so I move and I'm, yeah, it's really like, I love that you're into that tamarind. I really Sorry. Like um, yeah, I move and and I'm excited to be um, on staff and be a part of this college ministry thing to like, because I now have this like blending of behavioral science and faith and integration like that I really believe in mm-hmm. and um yeah and I kind of move on to and and I have I have wonderful mentors like they are wonderful but then also like I kind of walk into this space and I'm like I'm the only person of color mm-hmm. I'm the only black girl and um yeah and it's, you're not but I'm not black. Really though. black. Yeah. Right. And uh, and there's just this like, and I notice, you know, because I always notice when I'm not, you know, I mean, and at some point it's weird to notice more now. Honestly, I notice more now than I used to notice because I used to just like not notice, huh. if that makes sense. Like I used to just kind of like, this is, this is just how it is, is kind of what my thought was. It's normal. This is just my normal. Like yeah. I am one of one to four yeah. black people in the room. So that's just how it is. You know? So do you feel like you're more aware now of the imbalance of that normal? Like, yes. I think okay. now, now I'm just like, huh. I, and, 
And it's interesting because I've always done the, like, you look around the room and you acknowledge each other. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean that you're, like, we're going to all be best friends or, like, we all should have to sit at the same table. It just kind right. of, there's this moment of, like, yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and really, maybe a moment of relief that I'm not the only person, right. you know? There's that feeling. Um, I felt that a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but... Yeah, then to be in, like, collegiate ministry and feel really, like, man, you know, like, I'm going to get on stage because they want it to be diverse. But I also don't get to say what I think in a meeting because, and no, not because I'm black, because I'm a woman. Right. Um, And so there's just nowhere to go. Like, and it's, and there's this, like... For me, it was it was really this reality that, like, I don't have a... There's not really a space for me in ministry. At the time, that's my thought, all my thought process, because I'm like, I mean, why would I go to seminary? Mm-hmm. Why would I go... Why would I... I'm never going to get anywhere. I don't want to be a pastor's wife. There's a lot of weirdness that I don't have a desire to be. Um, yeah, and <laughs> um, I would have told you at one point I wanted to be a... Um, that I wanted to be a youth pastor's wife, but, um, that's the, the after doing youth ministry yeah. and I, I found that that wasn't true. I, uh, I was a youth pastor. Really? My sophomore year of college. Uh-huh. This was, this is one of my defining, my, I would say one of my like first that I would look back and, ex- and say, oh, hmm. huh this is weird. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I was an intern at the youth group, the youth ministry across the street from my college Mm -hmm. and, uh, loved the people that I worked with. They were great, wonderful, amazing. But then they moved. They were like, uh, youth pastor was like wanting to do other things. I think he was like, you know, so he wanted to do, do like an internship at Saddleback. Um, yeah. And, uh, Kind of, like, left me in this, like... I mean, not in a bad way, actually. But, like, just, like, left in, like, a, this is what I'm going to go do. And so... Here's the thing. So... Hold the thing. I've been doing this with him and his wife and, like, this, like, group of... I've been doing this youth ministry thing. Sure. I'm the intern. I know all the things. I'm getting paid, like, 50 bucks every, like, two weeks or something stupid. Like... A living. Right? Oh, goodness. Uh, to, to, do, to be an intern. Whatever. Um, but then he left. Right, you know, he went to go do his thing, that was which was great for him. Right, and I got left with all the youth pastor responsibilities. Right, so now I have to do all of the things. I have to run the volunteers. I have to teach every week. I have to like, I, you know, I'm I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the youth pastor thing. Right, and I didn't get paid anymore. And they refused to call me the youth pastor. I'm sorry. So you stepped into his job. He left his job. Mm-hmm. You took his job. I took over doing all the things. And they continued to pay you $50. Okay. Like every two weeks. I just needed to be clear. Continue. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and refused to call me the youth pastor. Clearly. I was, it was still just like, well, you're like leading the youth until we can find a youth pastor. At the time, I'm like, 
Why can't I have the job? You were the interim youth person. person. I wasn't the interim youth. I was the director. Yeah, barely. But yes. Yeah. And yeah. And it was just like, I'm I'm sorry. What? And so then they found somebody and it was kind of like, well, you can stay on as the intern. We're like two years into this thing. Right. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and I mean, and at that, I mean, you know, and I had had, we were doing junior high ministry. Um, yeah. So I graduated my seventh graders and I was like, forget this, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I was like. Which is hard because like. Yeah. I mean, you're attached to those kids in that situation. So there's a yes. whole emotional burden that's on you as well. Right. And they're attached to you, yeah. I would assume. So. Right. So that was why I was like, once they went to high school ministry, I, I wasn't doing that. So I was like, yeah, you great. They're doing high school ministry. Right. Like cool whatever right um but yeah that was like my first like wait a minute Mm -hmm. this is like and I don't know like there was just this like you know we talk about intersectionality and it's like I just feel like I can't win you know like so then I'm fast forward to college ministry and it's just kind of that same thing where it's like well you can't do this because you're a woman or you can't do this like and no one's no one's saying out loud you can't do this because you're black like of course course not. not Right. You know, but there's also this like, but I'm the only black person. Yeah. Like, if there, we want there to be diversity, like, what? You gotta find, at the very least, you gotta find some black men so they can talk. Right. <laughs> you need somebody who's loud. <laughs> you need someone who is allowed to be oh, yeah. in the room. In the room where it happens. Right. <laughs> We're not doing that. I know. Right I know. Now. We're not but you it. know what I mean? Like, there's like this space where I'm like, well, Okay, well, if I can't, if I can't say it, then who's going to say it? And, you know, and like me being on stage and doing stupid whatever, like, doesn't count as diversity. Like playing Lecrae doesn't count as diversity. No. I love Lecrae very much, by the way. But it doesn't count as diversity. (laughs) You know, like it just doesn't. And, you know, like there's just this. I don't know. It was, it was, it was a lot. It's hard. Like it's hard to be the person that's like, you know, and everybody it's worse because everybody means so well. Yeah. You know? And so you're just like, well, yeah, cool. I'm glad you right. mean well. Like here, please carry the weight of my good intentions. <laughs> so to you. Right. Yeah. And so that was like my, you know, college and, then collegiate ministry experience. And I kind of went into like, after I kind of, I got out of like Baptist circles and then moved into some more charismatic circles where, where at least women were now in the, uh, and honestly, I have a card. Now. Yes. I know. I now got a card and like, there is more like, um, it makes a, they're like, there's a little, there's still just as patriarchal. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Let us not go too far. No, no, no. <laughs> But there was, there were still some things that I saw that made, you know, there's a little bit of air. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and so that's helpful, you know, but there's just this like, now then we are entering into, um, my world of motherhood Mm -hmm. and having, we go from, we go from like it just being about me and how people talk to me. And now we're moving into, you know, all of the things that have been happening and happening in the last five years in the lives of black Americans and the police and all of the things and enter first I have a daughter right. and now I'm like pissed. 
Because I've been able to this whole time say it's fine. And I, it's fine for me. Mm, it's whatever. It's but now it's her. And I'm like, don't you dare you tell my daughter yeah. what she can and cannot do. Because yeah. that is not going to go well for you. That doesn't work for me. So all of this fire... I, you know, and I mean, let's just be real. My hormones while pregnant were real fiery, sure. but just like that begin to kind of stoke this like awareness. And like I said, now I notice yeah. more and the awareness of like, cause you're mama bear like yeah. that. Yeah. Cause now I'm like, and I didn't understand, like there are things about growing up that like growing up and having most crushes on mostly white guys that, I mean, my mom all throughout college, I mean, honestly, up until I got married, asked me every single time I mentioned a boy, about his parents mm-hmm. and like whatever his, whatever his parents like yeah. and to which early in high school for sure and then college I'm like this is a dumb question why are you asking me about his parents right. but then I'm like now I know oh like interracial marriage was not even like was not legal until my mom was I don't know 14 right uh, so then it's just like not and, and being legal didn't make it suddenly magically cool yeah yeah and so all she's got is like fear for like of just not being accepted into this family and not being like you know i mean and that road for you yeah that what that what does that look like you know and so and i didn't know i didn't had no idea for the longest time Mm -hmm. because she didn't necessarily like explain any of that she just gave me the lowdown on his family, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I know his mom's really nice. He has parents. <laughs> He's got them. It's fine. He's you a know. minivan. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but just to be able to, like, as a mom, then, like, see this fierceness come out with, like, my daughter and knowing, like, all the things she's going to face. And then, and not wanting her to, you know? Yeah. And then I have sons. And then you have two. And I have two. And I have nephews who are cute and they're real, but they're real sassy. Yeah. And that reality, like I've had a conversation with someone and it was just kind of like this, you just, but your kids aren't going to be like that, but your sons aren't going to, but you're, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like what? You mean my kids aren't going to go sit in Starbucks and wait for their friends? Drive cars. My friends are, yeah, my kids are going to drive cars. Your kids aren't going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Hold phones. Yeah, right? Fuck. I'm like, well, you know, and I mean, my, I'm like, actually, one of the things that our life work at this point is that we, we spend a lot of time in the quote-unquote wrong places because we want to be with people right. who live in quote-unquote the wrong places. So that means my kids will be in the wrong places no matter where we live. And actually, it might be worse if we live in an affluent neighborhood because then if my kid is crawling through his window because he forgot his keys and someone calls the cops, he might die. And it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do? You know, like, how do I not care? You know, like, how do I, how do I laugh it off now? Because right. like, you're not like, you know, you're not that black. You're not like that kind of black, right? Like, no. <laughs> Turns out, you know, we were talking about our tags the other day. Like, we should have gotten our tags fixed on our car a long time ago. Fact. <laughs> um, but, you know, life happens. You've got kids. You've got all the things. And it's like, oh, we never went to the tag agency. Like, because who has time to set the DMV? And, like, 
we just got them like fixed and new or got our whatever license, new license plates. And like Benjamin was just like, I just felt like I couldn't breathe because you're just out there driving. Mm -hmm. And if you, and you, and I get pulled over, yeah, you know, like, and I've gotten pulled over multiple times for those kinds of things. I've gotten pulled over, you know, and I'm sure that there's some of these assimilation type things in my quote unquote, not being that black that have, the bubbliness or the whatever that has blare the country music really loud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I put a Bible on the thing. I mean, you know, there have been a few tricks of the trade or whatever. I don't know, but I, but, and you know, I get out of a lot, got, you know, just moving on from a lot of things, but the reality of like, just what it feels like to get pulled over to kind of just to have to run through all the things what did I do? Did I do? Am I doing a thing? Like, you know, right. oh, my tags are out. Right. And like, you know, just like all those things of like trying to be aware of those things and just the reality that like, I don't know. It's, I try not to think about them, but then uh, other people do. And then I do think about them for other people. You know, my dad gets pulled over. My dad got pulled over, you know, maybe it was six, uh, it's probably like, sometime last year and it was just like he was picking up kids from school and got pulled over and it was like <laughs> there was literally no reason for him to be pulled right. over and the reason was that the cop gave him was that uh, my at the time seven year old nephew needed to be in a booster seat right I was like huh. you mean a thing you can't tell from yeah. outside of the car right because you, A, don't have his birth certificate, nor do you know how old he is, nor do you know what? Like, right. you know? Right. Um, my dad is a very soft-spoken man and also kind of, like, rambly and a little, I mean, you know, just. Yeah. My brother, who got taken to jail for doing the right thing, he's defending a right. woman whose husband was who had hit her, I believe, in a hospital. And he was, like, waiting for his wife who was doing things. And he got taken to jail. Right. Like, I'm sorry, what happened? <laughs> like, how is this a thing? Like, he's defending, but they came and showed up and they just, they thought him, he was, you know, and her trying to tell them, like, no, no. God. <laughs> like, so. Okay, so for a minute here, white people... <laughs> If we have been in these conversations about what privilege is or whether or not privilege is a thing, I have never in my life spent a moment thinking about what my car looks like mm -hmm. in case I get pulled over. That has never crossed my mind as a necessary thing to do. Whether or not this is a thing mm -hmm. is not a conversation. There is no room for debate in this conversation. hear it <laughs> for fuck's sake yeah so so it's hard because <laughs> then you want the church to be a safer place a refuge and it's not always no and then trying to like find the ways to like I mean it's all kind of wrapped up in all the deconstruction and all the just, you know, like, you start to, I mean, you start to hear all the things, I mean, obviously, like, things like the last election and all those, and 
Black Lives Matters and things have brought things to the surface, which is both good and hard. It's not bad. It's just like, a lot. okay, well, now we're here and now it's a lot. Now we're talking about it a Constantly. lot. Yeah. And, you know, trying to figure out how, how to like, how to say the thing, how to say it out loud, how to say what I'm thinking and how to, I'm a, just a normal person that this is like my life, you know, or the, you know, like, cause it, cause that's what I think the hardest part is that then in, and when I'm trying to be in the space where I'm leading and growing and helping people and wanting to like be a faith leader and whatever, whatever that looks like, I still don't get to do it there, you know? And it's like, man, right. <laughs> you know, like I was really like in all of this, like, are we going to like go in this direction? Is it, are we going to move in? There, there are, sure. There are ways to like move in the direction of the future, you know? And yeah. none of the people, I don't know that it's happening, you know, cause it just kind of gets all jumbled in with other things. And uh, yeah, makes it hard. So kind of just deconstruct all of the things all right. at the same time. So how much of a role do you think that that played in motivating? Like all, so you have your babies, you have mm-hmm. black sons, yes. you have, sort of the aggressive visibility of this conversation, the relentlessness of this conversation now. So every time you're on Facebook and every person, Mm -hmm. and plus you've got the tokenism that's built into all of this. So now you're the black friend. Yes. Oh yes. Oh, all the Facebook messages. Right. So, Hey, how do I handle this? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I have a lot of feelings and this is really hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. Please tell me if what I'm doing is okay. Um, (laughs) We should do a podcast where I just get to play problematic white girl all the time. <laughs> it would be really fun. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, yeah, it would be the real This fun. is a side note. This, this is, really wouldn't be. Well, it would just be me, like, rolling my eyes all the time. Right. Okay. <laughs> Karen. Uh, God damn it, Karen. Um, so a lot. It played a huge role in me, like, literally ripping apart my like faith in God yeah, and my belief in Jesus and all of the things, which I am in an interesting space now, which is fine. But like when all I see is people that I now have, like I have done all the ministry things with, or I've done all this, or I've been in church with you and it's yeah. Trump. <laughs> oh. Well, let me defend why this is a good idea. Let me tell you, I, and the, you know, it's just like one thing after another, like on social media and like America, let's make America great again. Great again for who? For who? For like when people say that, I just want to be does like, mean? can you look at me and tell me that the things that this, the things that are being talked about that quote unquote would make America great again, would make it great for me? And we haven't even gotten there yet. Like, can we get to great first before we go yeah, back to yeah. getting great again? Can we get can we get to like great because we didn't make it there yet? Get We're not great. there. Can not we there. make America great? <laughs> and now, and it's like so. Seeing all that, I'm just like ex-evangelical because if yeah. you are evangelical, you don't I want have, to be I want any part of it. No. And like, and I think that is the reason why I like that label has been helpful in my like the bits of reconstruction that I'm doing because I'm able to say, 
you know what? I don't think Jesus was like that. Yeah. And I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you want to be evangelical. And that's been the thing that we've been saying we are for all these years. Oh, I don't want any part of that anymore. And I can figure out what me and Jesus are going to do over here. Because it turns out when I was 14, we had a good chat. And we can keep going there. And that's fine. And I feel like I can do that. I don't know what you're doing. But I'm no longer considering myself evangelical because I want no part of that bullshit. Right. Something separate from that. Yeah. And, and and I need to step and I'm I did it but I couldn't at first. I could not mm. I could not separate it at first. It was just like holy cow. You just want to like there's no to me there's no part of like and it's I if people want to talk all day long about like well like there are people that are love Jesus and voted for Trump. And I'm like sure whatever. Right. <laughs> that's fine. And that's between them and that regard. Right. And under but, no circumstances do you need to do the mental gymnastics required to understand their right. perspective. I don't, yeah. Like, I'm like, whatever. Fine. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. But that doesn't, nope, I'm good. Like, and so it, so it really did give me this, like, I don't even know what I think because now I'm on this, like, rabbit trail of here and, like, I mean, I'm just spiraling down in this, like, I don't know if anything I've ever been told is true mm. when it comes to like God and the Bible and church. And because I couldn't leave because I was a woman, I had to do this because, you know, like I wasn't, there's just all of these layers. These Bible stories are real weird. And I've always kind of thought that, but really like, you know, I'm le- so then I start kind of like learning yeah. about all these things and learning about the ways that things have been taught and like just kind of going, well, if you guys are, I don't think you're lying. Right. I think you have no idea. And you just have believed the thing that, like, the people said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why Why are we think? why are you interpreting? Why does it matter what Paul said about this? I happen to currently think that some of those things do matter. And I think they're more subversive than we were taught. Right. But that that doesn't really matter for how they're being taught right now because it's like the reality of it is people are just being taught like crap. Right. (laughs) You know? And it's like bad religion. Yes. Yeah. And, um, so it really just caused me to kind of like spiral into this, like, which, you know, I'm a spinner too. Like as far as like, I can take it and go, you know, it's a good thing because we did all the things and now I'm over here and I feel much more full and like I have a richer like path to go on. That's so much more inclusive and so sell your own past to yourself. Yeah. Oh, I can sell it. I can totally spin it and sell it. And I'm fine. Theater degrees are good for. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Ta-da. But it doesn't change that. It's all like, I mean, what if, what if when I was 14 and I felt like I heard the voice of God People kept saying, yeah, and you can like lead and you can be a woman and we want to hear your perspective. We want to hear about your family and we believe you. And that's not, you know, this is not okay. And this like, you know, like it's not okay for you to be treated like this. It's not okay for people to say that. Like, yeah. You know, what if people said that, you know, what Mm -hmm. if like, instead of being the token person on stage, I just, I got to be like leading the thing and hearing, you know, like. Instead of just look like you do it. Yeah. What if you actually can What do if it? I did it? What if I was yeah. able to do it? What if I gr- was able to grow and learn and like, what if I, I don't know, you know, what if? What if? But 
What does yeah. that lettuce look like now? Now it looks like new things. Such maybe? a leading question. New. I know you're the worst <laughs> and the best at the same time. It looks like ah. Uh, it looks like being thankful that like I have now have community and people. I now I have she's called. And now I have like, hey, you are a woman and like if you were meant to pastor, you should pastor. Yeah. And now it looks like, you know, like maybe it was never like that I needed to lead parachurch, you know. Maybe it was that I always just needed to like lead lead a church, lead the church, lead people. Mm-hmm. And it was not like as far as you can go as women's ministry, but you can like you can lead the whole thing, you know. And I think it looks like, you know redefining a lot of things in my my kids seeing it you know it looks like my <laughs> you know, very dominate like room taking up space white husband saying I'm not we're not doing a church thing unless you pastor it mm. <laughs> so I keep going but you, you should her. do it you heard her Benjamin you heard her, <laughs> you, heard her. Uh, you know and saying like and just having this person like champion yeah. all the things and saying, "Hey, it's really important that you are doing this thing." Yeah, um, looks like empowering teen parents to be amazing parents. Yeah, because they are who they are and they have voices. It looks like giving them voices when they're having their babies, mm-hmm. before they have them, after they have them, so they feel like they know that they are whole people and that their age or their skin color, whatever it may be, is not make them, I don't know, any less worthy of what they have to say or their, or just the right to like make decisions for themselves and their kids and their families. And yeah, I don't know. looks like new things. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm crying because you're talking and I'm thinking about what a phenomenal pastor you're going to be. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going, and I'm just over here like losing my shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you. I'm just excited for you. I'm excited for this. What if? I'm, I know the space for it is still impossibly narrow, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad there is a space. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that that path is there before you, even if it is yeah, fraught. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, you know, I laugh because there's part of it that would have never happened and also would have been easier at the same time to do in San Diego. Yeah. But instead, we're going to try to do these things in Norman, Oklahoma. I got laughed at. I mean, not in a bad way, just like in a like... In a, <laughs> in a good way? It, well, not, it was just in a like... I, I think that that was just the reaction. And, and it, you know, just the like... Mm-hmm. When I made a... You know, Benjamin has said a couple of times, like, I just don't want to, like, his his heart's desire is that there be a, if we had walked into, walked into Norman Oklahoma, like, it's like a 
place. It's it's a t- city. It's a if town. If we can find the door. If we can find the door of a place that we walked in and it was a black woman pastor, he would probably be like, that was open and affirming. Yeah. He'd His unicorn. Okay. Yeah. That it, we would we would just go there and be a right. part of that. Thing. Right. But when I made the comment, I made a, maybe once or twice that like, I don't know, like there's, that's what he wants. You know, like this is what we want. We want to like, what if there was a black female pastor and it would, the, like the just like gut reaction was, <laughs> which took me by surprise. I think. Wow. Yeah. Because it was like not, it, it was just that feeling of like, it's sad that that's so like, that, that's laughable. Yeah. Because you don't know. Right. And I mean, yeah, just the, you know, that it's doesn't exist because of all the reasons I'm sure. But, and so that so much so that it's like, huh, huh. Okay. Huh. <laughs> well, okay. What do I do with that response? God. So we have like seven more hours <laughs> to do on this and we can't, like we I have know, to wrap it up. Yeah. So next time on the Karen and Anissa version of this podcast, things we didn't get to today that I want to talk about, like, first of all, like the black voice in the progressive church. Mm, Yeah. There's a lot there that we didn't go near today. Um, So neat. We'll do some homework and we'll come back. Um, Also, what were we, there was a whole other world with the feminine and the patriarchy and something that we didn't touch on either. Also, like we need to talk about you and like birth work and mothering and pastoring and the juxtaposition of those two things because yeah. like <gasps> there's so much in that and I appreciate your enthusiasm for that for me. It makes oh, me really I'm so excited. It's very helpful. Literally, like since you said that to me, like I think about it <laughs> periodically. Like it just pops into my mind, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <sighs> that like there's so much in that um thank you for going some fun places (laughs) revelation house and with blackness thank you for taking me (laughs) through the horror and delight of the revelation house and thank you for being willing to you know jump candidly into that conversation yeah um we're learning more here than you are and so thank you thank you for that um also on that note because i just complained about this like earlier we're gonna have some resources that i'm going to put together um for you guys if you're listening to this and this is a new conversation and you're not quite sure you guys white people (laughs) hello hi um i'm gonna put together a list for you of ways that you can kind of start to engage uh on your own at yeah. home without having to burden anybody with questions or pull in your black friend or anything like that. We're going to put some podcasts you can tune into yeah. some books you yeah. can read just a way to diversify the voices that you're listening to a little bit. Yeah. Um, can I give two, two real quick shout outs? Oh my God. Books? Absolutely. Okay. So I will, I'm obviously the newest, the newest one would be the Austin Channing Brown's I'm still here. Black dignity in a world made for whiteness. I read that and I just cried and cried and cried. Yeah. Because it was like she was just sitting with me, and um, my a friend of mine had gone to hear her speak recently, and she's she told them that like this is a love letter, and she so my friend relayed to me that the this she felt like this book was a love letter to her black brothers and sisters, and I and I which 
in the moment of being handed the book was like a funny, you know, like a funny thing to hear. But then I read the book and I just was like, yeah, like it felt like, thank you for Mm -hmm. like, for doing this and saying it out loud for people because not everybody can right now. Right. And so, um, so that's easy. You can get that on Amazon. Yep. On Amazon. It's like out right now. Prime Um, and then this one's harder for people. It will be harder. It will be so much harder. But I, I just challenge you to read The Loss of Innocence. And it's a story about Emmett Till. And if you just learn anything about Emmett Till, I feel like you will go on a rabbit hole of like, what the hell happened? Yeah. And you will, you'll start to just... It's hard, to, it's hard to have all the... It's hard to not believe people. It's hard to not have the... like. If you just read the story right. about his, and this story is about him and his life and also his mom and just that, that what happened. And so if you don't know who Emmett Till is also Google that great but, place um, to start Google it's free. It is free. So that one's harder to find uh, a little bit. No. Amazon. It I is on you, Amazon. Yeah. You should okay. be able to find it on Amazon. Perfect. I okay. found it randomly in a bookstore one time, but also you can Austin's get it. Austin's book is just literally everywhere, everywhere right yes, now. So you walk into any room, you have no excuse. Yeah. There. But wait, yeah. Um, but we'll find the, the link. One. We'll find the link to yeah. The other is, yeah, it's, and there are other books on Imitel, but just that, that one just was a really, really, really good one because I felt like it talks about why you, how that sparked so much of the civil rights movement that just people just don't know about. So I like it. You got more? You feeling generous? You want to throw some podcasts in there? Oh yeah. Um, the Freedom Road podcast. Mm. So good. It's just like, whew. Uh, and, um. Yeah, I think I think that one's a, a really really good one. Um, yeah, I think that okay. I'll leave it there. Yeah, I mean, you okay. know, there's some other people. There's like Amina Brown and Oshita Moore. Like, there's some. Well, once you start, yeah, you kind of in that direction. Like, read the yeah. book, then look up the references that are in the book, and then go from there. And yeah, you can yep. kind of dive in and yeah, the warmth of other suns. I mean, there's a book list of ages long we can keep talking about them sometime yeah. oh i'm sorry did i ask you a book list yeah. question when did i you... said to wrap it up and then i'm like and you said tell <laughs> us about tell books, us about books to the, the obsessive book, like? book person so. yeah okay we're yeah. gonna wrap this up now no more books <laughs> no more books I'm no more done. books um but, thank you for this um tamarind experience also yeah tamarindo we can hit up more uh this is mexican candy when i come to san diego Great. What you're going to do so soon. Two weeks. Together again. And it's going to be great. This is the weird part where we're like, we have to end it somehow cute. We don't know how to end it. Oh, well, thanks guys. We need like a cute (laughs) sign off thing. That's an obscure musical theater. Find me on Instagram. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. yeah. So find you on Instagram. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Anissa Nishira. Also the website for your freaking magical <laughs> nonprofit that you run. It's rehopeinc.org, which is beautiful. Go check so, it out. Yeah. I mean, about we're it. on Facebook too and Instagram at rehopeinc. Get so. behind it. And if yeah. you're near Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah. And you have a heart for teenage moms. Yeah. Come be a volunteer parents. mentor. Yeah. Mentor. Also get me all your money. What? And send money. <laughs> and send money. Let's be real. Just send money. <laughs> Send money everywhere. Yeah. Send money. Send money. <laughs> send all the money. Everyone. Yeah. Really send yourself. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Do it. Always. All right, lady. Thanks. I love Thanks you. So Thanks for making all my podcast dreams come true. Of course. We didn't talk about Grace Nappy a single time. Oh, man. I tried to get a reference in there once, but it didn't work. It's all right. Thanks, heathens. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Heathen. We're here every week. And in the meantime, if you miss us, you can find us in the following ways. Follow at Heathen Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email at askheathen at gmail.com, especially if you have feedback or ideas for future episodes. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and that helps other people find Heathen. And if you'd like to contribute to this community for people who need a soft place to land as they move away from bad religion, you can support Heathen on Patreon at patreon.com slash heathen podcast well thank you for your support with exclusive bonus content which you know is going to be freaking awesome (laughs) wherever you find yourself in this space of godless spirituality spiritual godlessness or anywhere in between you're not alone we're glad you're here here's to the heathens (laughs) 